The Tibet Museum in their latest curation explores Tibet's numismatic legacy by unraveling its cultural and historical tapestry through coins and currency. It highlights the evolution of Tibetan currency as a tangible reflection of the region's diverse influences, providing a unique insight into Tibet's past. To tell us more on these rare collections, the historical background and what they symbolize, I am very happy to have the director of Tibet Museum, Mr. Tenzi Topten in our studio today. Tashtileg and welcome to our program Topdela. Thank you, thank you for having me. Uh, so it's, I think it's very commendable that Tibet Museum uh, curates interesting and important exhibition for public view back to back. And last time when you were here, uh, we discussed about the Mapping Tibet exhibition. And this time you have um, the numismatic legacy of Tibet. So can you tell us the importance uh, of numismatic uh, legacy of Tibet in this day and age? Uh, the numismatic heritage of Tibet as a temporary exhibition uh, was curated uh, primarily with the objective of uh, uh, remembering and thank our ancestor, uh, the ancestor who had done a noble uh, deed you know, back in Tibet uh, for the time immemorial. And particularly if you look at the history uh, from the 1791 onward, uh, when we first have our own self-reliant coin, which we called uh, in Tibetan Choksom Shenga, uh, was one of the you know most recommendable uh, work because there onward, uh, I think uh, um, we have more tangible uh, you know um, elements to substantiate that Tibet uh, historically was independent, and uh, secondly. Uh, through this exhibition, we want to, you know, uh, gratify and thank our beloved donor uh, because uh, during the course of uh, making of this new Tibet museum, uh, which is from 2017 to 2022, for the five years, uh, we have number of donors, particularly from India, Nepal, and abroad, who have, you know, uh, like uh, voluntarily contributed to the making of this museum. And during this course, we uh, we got a lot of uh, you know coins and currencies, and we can't display all of them in our uh, permanent exhibition. And through this temporary exhibition, particularly the coin and currency, we were able to you know uh, showcase the important contribution. Uh, so that is number two. And the third one is uh, during the course of uh, this uh, um, uh, you know making up of the or curating this exhibition, we found various challenges. Uh, and the most challenging uh, thing was uh, getting the correct information or correct uh, uh, resources. Uh, so through through this uh, exhibition, we want to you know make a little bit contribution toward the research field. Uh, so these are the three main uh, I think objective or the uh, mission of why we host uh, and curate this uh, numismatic heritage of Tibet. And at the uh, temporary museum right now, uh, what are the broad uh, subsections of numismatic heritage? Okay, so uh, once a visitor enter uh, this temporary exhibition, um, what he or she will see is on the right hand side, uh, at right at the beginning, we uh, try to, you know, showcase the history of uh, coins, how you know coins were. Uh, uh, like different kind of coins were there in term of uh, the historical importance, in term of the sign and symbol, in term of their material uh, values, you know. So uh, this is the first section. 
and then followed by the uh, second section uh, which uh, encapsulated the uh, currency how currency was uh, you know uh, made and what are the different denomination of currency right from the 19th uh, 12th onward and the final section is on the uh, which uh, the visitor will see a large map of Tibet uh, particularly around Lhasa uh, what are the nine different minting place and also uh, the visitor can be uh, you know uh, educated through the uh, you know timeline uh, basis of how uh, the Tibetan numismatic heritage evolve over a period of time. So these are the broad three uh, subsection or subcategories of the uh, current uh, temporary exhibition. Uh, so when we talk about the numismatic uh, heritage of Tibet, we are taken back to. Uh to many years back, right, in the history. So, um, can you tell us the brief history of numismatic heritage of uh, Tibet and uh, how far it uh, goes back? So, as I said, uh, out of these three broad subsections, one is on the, uh, the timeline of uh, how the numismatic heritage evolved. So, uh, to give you a snapshot of uh, what exactly happened in this timeline is uh, the Tibetan numismatic heritage can be you know, um, you know, uh, brought back to the uh, 4,000 years ago kind of, you know, uh, in the um, timeline where uh, most of the Tibetans, uh, the way of transaction uh, happened through the cowrie shell. Uh, in Tibetan, we call it tumbu. And this act as the, you know, uh, the transactional uh, value uh, system. And before that, uh, before the barter system as well, you know, uh, we have the animals, salt, and also some, you know, uh, nuts. Uh, by and large, it is the commodities which were transacted uh, uh, as a, you know, um, value to make sure that the transaction happened. And the next era happens uh, at the fourth century uh, when Purgil uh, Empire, uh, uh, you know, uh, captured part of Tibet. And during that time, gold was transacted as a goods. So gold was uh, the prime transactional, uh, uh, you know, value. And then uh, followed by the seventh uh, century, where King Songzen Gambo, uh, under his uh, leadership, uh, the legal code of conduct was uh, introduced, uh, where there was further standardization of, uh, uh, you know, the transaction. And in Tibetan, we call it Jelshor uh, Dexum. So. Primarily, it tried to standardize the length, volume, and weight of all the substances. And then, um, during the mid uh, 17th century till the uh, end of the 8th century, for around 150 years, uh, the Tibetan uh, largely, you know, uh, the transaction happened through the Mohar coins of the three major kingdom of Nevari. Uh, which in the current uh, in Nepal it is called the Kathmandu, Patan, and Bhaktapur. So from these three, uh, you know, the kingdom uh, large uh, mohar coins were you know um, used as the transactional value. But uh, unfortunately, due to uh, two, uh, you know, the Gorkha Tibetan conflict, uh, finally in 1791, uh, under the leadership of uh, great. Eighth uh, Dalai Lama and Jambal Gyazo, uh, we ceased to use the uh, Nepal Mohar coin, and there comes our first self-reliant, you know, coin, which we call it Choksum Shenga. 
so which was in Tibetan, uh, uh, you know, um, year. But if we convert it into the Western year, it comes uh, to 1791. So there onward, we have our own, uh, you know, first coin. And after that, uh, we have the Kanden Tramka and, you know, uh, some Kesan Tramka, which was to uh, standardize and, you know, make it more, uh, you know, mm, I should say, more acceptable to the uh, larger audience. And uh, till date, we have around, uh, and from 1791 till uh, and the Chinese uh, force came to Tibet, we have around uh, 12 different uh, silver coins and around eight to nine different uh, copper coins and one, uh, I think, uh, one gold coin as well. And around uh, and under the leadership of 13 Dalai Lama, we started making the paper currency. Uh, that is uh, in year 1912 onward. So uh, if you look at the uh, denomination, different de denomination of paper currency, we have around 12 different paper currency which were you know, printed inside Tibet. Okay, so Tapinla, you mentioned about uh, minting place in uh, in Tibet, right? Uh, most probably in uh, the central part, the, in the capital Lhasa. So, uh, can you tell us about the major printing uh, minting uh, sites in Lhasa? Yeah. So, uh, after the uh, Gorkha Tibet conflict, uh, we become self-reliant and we start minting coins and currencies. So first uh, coin minted in Tibet was uh, uh, right at the vicinity of uh, uh, Lhasa, uh, the, po uh, the Potala, uh, which we call Shodebe. Uh, so where we uh, minted the uh, first Tibetan coin, that is the Choksum Shenga. Um, but to mass produce it, we cannot do it at the midst of city. We then, uh, you know, mm, did the mass production at the Kongbo Gyamdazong. Uh, why we took that place is because that is the abundance of the fuel, primarily there are a lot of trees over there. So that helps in mass producing the, you know, uh, the first coin. So that's how the coin name got into the Kongpo Tamka, you know. And then uh, followed by the uh, Dakpo Gyamdazong, uh, you know, Dakpo uh, Gyamdazong where we, we have a lot of... Uh, 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 pink shock uh, tree bark, you know. So because of that, uh, we uh, most of the paper currencies were from the uh, Dapo area, and uh, also uh, we have uh, uh, the Trapchi minting place where we uh, produce few of the coins and currencies. And uh, one very amazing thing was uh, right at the border of uh, uh, Tibet and, uh, and the India, which is the Tromo, uh, right, uh, which we call you know Chumbu Valley. Uh, which act as the you know um, the place where we produce uh, copper sheet uh, because it is near to the Indian market. So um, we, there we make a huge copper sheet, and this copper sheet were then you know uh, uh, mint uh, you know converted into the coin shape, and the final inscri uh, the inscription on the you know uh, the die is done in the Tibet uh, that in Lhasa. And uh, other, uh, uh, the minting place, one of the important minting places is the Tode minting place, which uh, started in 1907 till 1930. It is situated in the northeast of Lhasa. And uh, this was under the 13 Dalai Lama, and uh, there were around 100 staff and 35 different, you know, hand machines that, mm, mm, that people, you know, uh, worked over there. And 
at around 1923 it got you know advanced and they have acquired uh, like Taylor and Challen Limited uh, machine press gun from uh, the British India and further uh, in 1928 they have shifted uh, it into the hydro electric power transmission of coin striking process. So this Tote area uh, minting place uh, was one of the major minting place where most of the you know coins were minted over there. And then um, in 1918 uh, we have uh, the first uh, and the last Tibetan uh, gold coin. So talking about the star object of this exhibition, uh, what is that? Okay, so uh, to me almost all of them are star object, but uh, if I have to pick one, uh, it would be uh, the Chunga Nyirshi, uh, which falls under the family of Kongbo uh, Tamka. So this was donated by uh, the Secretary of uh, uh, Office of His Holiness Dalai Lama, Kongbo Lopsan Jimbala and also uh, the Sonam Rabgel Devasang from America. So they, uh, we, we were fortunate to get two of these coin and we displayed them as the you know, uh, sign of patriotic coin. And uh, uh, this to me is a, a star object of this exhibition. Okay, and so Tutunla, uh, can you tell us uh, why one should visit uh, and donate coin and currency to this temporary exhibition? Uh, okay, so why one should visit the uh, temporary exhibition is because, as I said, uh, there are a lot of fact and figures one can you know uh, take from the uh, digital platform and other books. Um, but as I said, the Tibetan numismatic heritage uh, on the Tibetan numismatic heritage, there are very less resources, and this museum act as the first step towards you know making uh, it more resourceful to the researchers and academician. So. Uh, we having a lot of you know the um, the artifact in term of coin and currency the researcher can directly come and you know engage with us and they can look at what are the in uh, the inscription what are the sign of independent that is uh, inscribed on the coins and currencies so this is just a starting point to the academician world so not only to the academician world but to the uh, tibetan youngsters to come and rejoice their, you know, uh, the ancestral, uh, the phenomenal work that they did in uh, during the late 18th century onward. So that is the uh, main reason why uh, visitor, primarily the Tibetan uh, visitors, should come and you know celebrate this uh, temporary exhibition. And uh, why one should donate to the uh, Tibetan Museum? Uh, I think uh, uh, this is one and only, you know, uh, the museum which uh, is the authentic museum of the Central Tibetan Administration here in exile community. And we uh, not only, you know, uh, keep the artifact with us, but we make sure that they are preserved in uh, most, you know, uh, the formidable condition. And thereby, uh, we preserve it and we try to connect it to the uh, younger generation and also to the foreign audience through this temporary exhibition and traveling exhibition. So we not only conserve it, we try to connect it to the audience. So I think uh, mm, it, it makes a lot of sense for the donor to come and donate to us uh, because we'll keep it for the uh, long period of time and we'll also in timely basis we try to showcase the uh, you know important 
historical evidence through these uh, donated artifacts. Uh, you did mention earlier about the challenges of uh, opening or curating this uh, particular um, exhibition on numismatic. So can you tell us in a uh, little bit more in detail what are the challenges uh, of acquiring and uh, getting hands on the, the very uh, old um, currency or coins at this time? Uh, okay, so I think uh, majorly there are two major challenges that we faced uh, uh, in, in the, uh, during the time of uh, curating this exhibition. Uh, one was, as I said earlier, uh, the lack of resources. Uh, so uh, when we try, when we you know ideate uh, the curating of uh, numismatic heritage, uh, we we found only two uh, book publish. Uh, uh, those were the Tibetan, uh, the currency of Tibet, and the study of Tibetan uh, paper money by Wolfgang Persher. So that too, the foreign author. And the second uh, major challenge is, if you look at the digital platform, uh, most of the articles and research paper are inspired by or either, you know, uh, sponsored by the Chinese propaganda machineries. So to us, it was very difficult to filter uh, all of them. Uh, and uh, what we uh, did was, rather than sticking to these articles, we tried to, uh, you know, uh, interview the people who came from Tibet to India, who who have experienced uh, and lived with these coins and currency. So it was through the storytelling uh, mechanism we built this, or we curate this exhibition. So, uh, overall, uh, what does Tibet having or possessing the um, its own currency uh, way back in the 18th century mean, and uh, what does it prove? Uh, Tibetan currency way back in 18th century uh, means that it is self-determined and self-governing and it's independent in nature. Uh, why it is independent in nature is first is the sovereignty simple. You know, having the currency means you have ability to control the monetary policy uh, through your own governing body. Second one is the international trade. Having the own currency and coin means with this tangible symbol you can do the international trade around the you know, uh, neighboring countries. And the third and most important thing is the cultural identity. Most of the coins and currencies, they have the cultural significance. Uh, they are inscribed by the cultural, unique cultural elements during that era. Like we have the eight auspicious uh, you know, sign behind most of the uh, coins. And also we have the uh, snow, snow lines, we have uh, the dharma wheels. So these signs and symbols are the pride and identity of a nation. So coins and currency doesn't only mean the transactional or the face value, but they are more than that. What are they? They signify the independence, they signify the sovereignty, they signify the self-determination to do the domestic as well as international trade. And also if you look at the uh, 193 uh, nations that is you know, uh, under the United Nations, if we ask all of them what are the major three, what are the main three you know, means, um, uh, elements which signifies the independence of the each country, I think their numismatic heritage will come at the top. 
Tutela, so it is always wonderful having you on our uh, program and thank you so much for your time today. Thank you so much. It's all my delight. To enhance the visitor experience, the exhibition fosters a deeper appreciation of Tibet's currency through interactive displays, multimedia presentations and testimonials. The exhibition will be open for public viewing from 6th January to 15th March. Thank you for watching and see you all in the next episode of In Conversation with Tibet TV.